Welcome to Stories of Rune Terra. My name is Guy Black, or Ravenhood, here on the interwebs, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Rune Terra by Riot Games. The Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe, rife with justice, cruelty, and complications. Each week, we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Rune Terra off of the Riot Games universe site. Think of it as an audiobook of League, Stories, and Lore by yours truly. This week's story is a fan-requested double feature, Azir, Emperor of the Sands, and Zareth, the Magus Ascendant. And now for my terrible impressions. You've got to guess which one's which. Shurima was once the glory of Rune Terra. I will make it so again. A lifetime as a slave has prepared me for eternity as your master. Azir was a mortal emperor of Shurima in a far distant age, a proud man who stood at the cusp of immortality. His hubris saw him betrayed and murdered at the moment of his greatest triumph, but now, millennia later, he has been reborn as an ascended being of immense power. With his buried city risen from the sand, Azir seeks to restore Shurima to its former glory. Zareth is an ascended magus of ancient Shurima, a being of arcane energy writhing in the broken shards of a magical sarcophagus. For millennia, he was trapped beneath the desert sands, but the rise of Shurima freed him from his ancient prison. Driven insane with power, he now seeks to take what he believes is rightfully his and replace the upstart civilizations of the world with one fashioned in his image. Well, friends, thanks again for listening to Stories of Runeterra. Format's going to be a little different today because we've got a kind of a blend of two different stories, Zareth and Azir. So I hope you enjoy them today. And if you do or would like to request a particular champion read, go ahead and you can email me at storiesofruneterrapodcast at gmail.com or you can hit me up on Instagram at Ravenhood. Um, those are the two best places to keep in touch. I check Twitter every now and then, but not very often. Um, other than that, I would love to hear some more pairs of champions that you would like to hear together. This one's got some post-production into it. It's a little trickier to do for that, so depending on how long it takes me, the episodes may get out a little later than normal. And when we get back into the school year, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sustain the two-episode post-produced stuff. Um so we'll do a few over the summer and then our fun little thing I'm planning to release before school starts or around the beginning of school. Um, and I'll keep you posted on that. But yeah, let me know of some other pairs. I've already got Yasuo and uh, Yone paired up. And then I have Senna and Lucian as a pair um, and Thresh on the docket. So we've got we've got a few. Are there any other champion pairs you'd be curious about? 
and so, yeah, let me know. I'll put a question at the end of the episode. If you're on Spotify, you can answer the poll there or suggest others. And otherwise, if you listen on Apple Podcasts or some other platform, just go ahead and shoot me an email or hit me up on Instagram. So thanks again so much to listening uh, to Stories of Runeterra. It's been kind of fun to switch it up this summer. I've been able to experiment with a few things, and I hope you like it. You're all so delightful. Uh, so here we go. Let's jump into the stories. And now we turn to our second story of this uh, double feature. And this is from Zareth's story. This, this was the moment. The singular moment that had cost him so much. That had taken a lifetime of planning. A corrupt empire and its strutting princeling would be struck down under the blankly idiotic sun symbol they both so trusted. The key to immortality, jealously guarded and miserly offered, would be his alone. Stolen in front of the entire world. A singular moment of perfect vengeance that would finally free the slave known as Zareth. Though his master's helm revealed no human expression, and knowing that the lovingly etched metal could not respond in kind, Zareth smiled up at the soulless hawk's face just the same. His joy genuine. A life spent in servitude, first for a mad emperor and now a vain one. Endless manipulations for and against the throne. A near-damning quest for barely remembered knowledge that almost consumed him. All of it led to this grotesque masquerade of ascension. The very word when spoken aloud was an assault. We will ascend while you are chained to the broken stone as the sands of time swallow you all. No, not anymore and never again. The chosen golden lords will be not taken into the sun's embrace and made gods. A slave will do this. A simple slave, a boy who once had the misfortune to save a noble child from the sands. And for this sin, Zareth had been punished with a horrible, maddening promise. Freedom. Unobtainable. Forbidden. Should the thought even dart through a slave's mind, it would be punished by death as the Ascended could gaze past flesh and bone deep into one's very soul to see its dim traitorous glow. And yet, there it was, spoken by the young princeling as he dragged from the embrace of the mercurial mother desert. Ugh, Azir, the golden sun, vowed that he would free his savior and new friend. A promise unkept to this day. The words of a grateful child, innocently oblivious to the impact they would have. How could Azir unupend thousands of years of rule? How could he fight tradition, his father, his destiny? In the end, the young emperor would lose it all by not honoring his word. And so, Zareth was elevated and educated, eventually becoming Azir's trusted right hand, but never a free man. The soured promise ate into what he was and what he could have been. Denied a small, simple thing, the right to live his life. Zareth decided to take everything, all of the things denied to him, 
all of the things he deserved, the empire, ascension, and the absolute purest form of freedom possible. With each step taken towards the offensively grandiose dais of ascension, positioned respectfully behind his emperor and flanked by the inept sentinels who supposedly protected Sharima, Zareth felt an unknown lightness he was genuinely shocked by. Was this joy? Does vengeance bring joy? The impact was almost physical. At that very moment, the overwrought suit of golden armor that was his tormentor abruptly halted and turned and walked towards Zareth. Could, could he know? How could he possibly know? This spoiled, self-obsessed boy, this righteous, falsely benevolent emperor whose hands were just as bloody as Zareth's own? Even if he did, there was no staying the killing blow that was already in motion. Zareth had planned for every contingency. He had bribed, killed, outmaneuvered, and plotted for decades, even tricked the monstrous brothers Nasus and Renekton into staying away from the event. But he... he had not planned for this. The Emperor of Shirima, the Golden Sun, beloved of Mother Desert, soon to be ascended, took off his helmet, revealed his proud brow and smiling eyes, and turned to his oldest and most trusted friend. He spoke about the love of brothers, the love of friends, of hard fights won and others lost, of family, of future, and finally, of freedom. At these words, the guards flanked Zareth, moving in, weapons drawn. So the princeling did know. Had Zareth's plans been undone? But the fools in armor were salu saluting? There was no menace to them. They were honoring him. They were con congratulating him on his freedom. His hated master had just freed him. He'd freed them all. No Shuriman would ever wear chains again. Azir's last act as a human was to unfetter his people. The foundation-shattering roar of the assembled masses drowned out any response Zareth could have had. Zareth donned his helmet and strode out onto the dais, his attendants preparing him for the godhood that would never come. Zareth stood in the shadow of the monolithic sun disk, knowing that an empire-destroying doom was but seconds away. Too late, friend. Too late, brother. Far too late for us all. Thousands of years ago, the Shariman Empire was a sprawling realm of vassal states conquered by powerful armies led by all but invincible warriors known as the Ascended. Ruled by an ambitious and power-hungry emperor, Shirima was the greatest realm of its day, a fertile land blessed by the power of the sun that shone from the great golden disk floating atop the temple at the heart of its capital. The youngest and least favored son of the emperor, Azir was never destined for greatness. With so many siblings ahead of him, he would never be emperor. Most likely, he would take up a position in the priesthood or as governor of some backwater province. He was a slender, studious boy who spent more time pursuing the texts collected in the great library of Nassus than training to fight under the stern tutelage of the ascended hero Renekton. 
Amid the twisting shelves of scrolls, books, and tablets, Azir met a young slave boy who visited the library almost every day in search of texts desired by his master. Slaves in Sharima were forbidden to take names, but as the two boys became friends, Azir broke that law and called his new friend Zareth, which means one who shares. He appointed Zareth, though he was careful never to endanger him by naming him publicly, as his personal slave, and the two boys shared their love of history by learning all they could of Sharima's past and its long legacy of ascended heroes. While traveling with his father, brothers, and Renekton on the yearly tour of the Empire, the royal caravan stopped at a well-known oasis for the night. Azir and Zareth stole away in the middle of the night to draw the stars and add their own celestial maps to those they had studied in the great library. While they drew the patterns of constellations, the royal caravan was attacked by a cabal of assassins sent by the emperor's enemies. One of the assassins found the two boys out in the desert and was poised to cut Azir's throat when Zareth intervened, throwing himself upon the assassin's back. In the ensuing melee, Azir freed his dagger and plunged it into his attacker's throat. Azir took up the dead man's sword and rushed back to the oasis, but by the time he returned, the assassins were already defeated. Renekton had protected the emperor and slain the attackers, but Azir's brothers were all dead. Azir told his father of Zareth's courage and asked them to reward the slave boy, but his words fell on deaf ears. In the emperor's eyes, the boy was a slave and beneath his notice, but Azir swore that one day he and Zareth would be brothers. The emperor returned to his capital, with the 15-year-old Azir now his heir, and unleashed a merciless campaign of bloodshed against those he believed had sent the assassins. Sharima descended into years of paranoia and murder as the emperor took revenge on any he suspected of treason. Though he was now heir to the throne, Azir's life yet hung by a thread. His father hated him, wishing he had died instead of his brothers, and the queen was still young enough to bear sons. Azir trained in combat, for the attack at the oasis had revealed how little he knew of the deadly arts. Renekton took up the task of teaching the growing prince, and under his aegis, Azir learned to wield sword and spear, to command warriors, and to read the ebb and flow of battle. The young heir elevated Zareth, his only trusted confidant, and made him his right-hand man. To better counsel him, Azir tasked Zareth with seeking out knowledge wherever he could find it. Years passed, but the queen was never able to carry a child to term, every conceived infant perishing before it could be born. So long as the queen remained barren, Azir's life was relatively safe. Some around the court believed a curse was at work, and a few even whispered the young heir's name in connection with this, though Azir claimed innocence and even executed some who dared voice such accusations openly. Eventually, the queen bore a healthy son, but on the night of his birth, a terrible storm engulfed Sharima. The queen's chambers were struck again and again by powerful bolts of lightning, and in the subsequent blaze, both the queen and her newborn son were killed. It was said the emperor went mad with grief and took his own life upon hearing the news. The tales soon spread of how he and his guards had been found lying in pieces on the palace floor, 
their bodies little more than charred skeletons. Azir was shocked by their deaths, but the Empire needed a leader, and with Zareth at his side, he took control of Shurima as its emperor. Over the next decade, he expanded Shurima's borders and ruled with a harsh but just hand. He instituted reforms to better the lives of slaves and privately developed a plan to overturn millennia of tradition and eventually free them all. He kept his plan secret, even from Zareth, and the issue of slavery would prove to be a continual bone of contention between them. The empire had been built on the back of slavery, and many of the great noble houses depended on enforced labor for their vast wealth and power. Such monolithic institutions could not be overturned overnight, and Azir's plans would be undone were they to become common knowledge. Despite Azir's desire to name Zareth his brother, he could not do so until all Shurima's slaves were free. Through these years, Zareth protected Azir from his political rivals and guided the expansion of the empire. Azir married and fathered numerous children, some by wedlock, others by ill-advised liaisons with slaves and harem girls. Zareth stoked the Grand Emperor's vision of an empire greater than any the world had ever known, but to stand as ruler over the entire world, Zareth convinced Azir that he would need to be all but invincible, a god amongst men, an ascended being. As the kingdom reached the zenith of its power, Azir announced he would undertake the ascension ritual, that the time was right for him to take his place alongside Nasus and Renekton as their glorious forebearers. Many questioned this decision. The ascension ritual was a highly dangerous one and intended only for those near the end of their lives. Those who had devoted their lives to Sharima and whose service was to be honored with ascension. It was for the sun priests to decree who would be blessed with ascension not the hubris of an emperor to bestow it upon himself. Azir would not be dissuaded from his rash course of action, for his arrogance had grown along with his empire, and he ordered them to comply on pain of death. The day of the ritual finally came, and Azir marched toward the dais of ascension, flanked by thousands of his warriors and tens of thousands of his subjects. The brothers Renekton and Nasus were absent, having been dispatched by Zareth to deal with an emergent threat. But still Azir would not turn from what he saw as his great destiny. He climbed to the great golden disk atop the temple at the heart of the city, and in the moments before the sun priests began the ritual, he turned to Zareth and finally freed him. And not just him, but all slaves. Zareth was stunned into speechlessness. But Azir was not yet done. He embraced Zareth and named him his eternal brother. As he had promised, he would all those years ago. Azir turned as the priests began the ritual to bring down the awesome power of the sun. Azir was unaware that Zareth had studied more than just history and philosophy in his quest for knowledge. He had learned the dark arts of sorcery all the while nursing a desire for freedom that had grown like cancer into a burning hatred. As the height of the ritual, the former slave unleashed his powers and Azir was blasted from his place on the dais. Without the protection of the runic circle, 
Azir was consumed by the sun's fire as Zareth took his place. The light filled Zareth with power and he roared as his mortal body began to transform. But the magic of the ritual was not intended for Zareth, and such awesomely powerful celestial energies could not be diverted without dire consequence. The power of the Ascension Ritual exploded outward, devastating Shirima and laying waste to the city. Its people burned to ash and its towering palaces fell to ruin as the desert sand rose up to swallow the city. The sun disk sank from the sky and what had taken centuries to build was brought to ruin in an instant by one man's ambition and another's misplaced hate. All that remained of Azir's city were sunken ruins and echoes of its people's screams on the night winds. Azir saw none of this. For him, all was nothingness. His last memories were of pain and fire. He knew nothing of what befell him atop the temple, nor what became of his empire. He remained lost in timeless oblivion until, thousands of years after Shirima's doom, the blood of his last descendant spilled into the temple ruins and resurrected him. Azir was reborn, but was yet incomplete, his body little more than animate dust given form, held together by the last vestiges of his indomitable will. Gradually resuming his corporeal form, Azir stumbled through the ruins and came across the corpse of a woman with a treacherous knife wound in her back. He did not know her, but saw in her features the distant echo of his bloodline. All thoughts of empires and power were forgotten as he lifted this daughter of Sharima and bore her to what once had been the Oasis of the Dawn. The oasis was empty and dry, but with every step Azir took, clear water began filling the rocky basin. Azir immersed the woman's body in the restorative waters of the oasis, and as the blood washed away, only a faint scar remained where the blade had pierced her. And with that act of selflessness, Azir was lifted up in a column of fire as the magic of Sharima renewed him, remaking him as the ascended being he was meant to become. The sun's immortal radiance poured into him, crafting his magnificent hawk-armored form and granting him the power to command the very sand itself. Azir lifted his arms, and the ruined city shrugged off the dust of centuries spent beneath the desert to rise anew. The sun disk lifted into the sky once more. The healing waters flowed between temples, heaving themselves back into the light at the Emperor's command. Azir climbed the steps of the newly risen sun temple, weaving the desert winds to recreate the city's last moments. Ghosts formed of sand, relived his city's last moments from long ago. Azir watched in horror as Zareth's treachery unfolded. He wept as he saw his family murdered, his empire fall, and his power stolen. Only now, millennia too late, did he finally understand the depths of hatred harbored by his former friend and ally. With the power and prescience of an ascended being, Azir sensed Zareth somewhere abroad in the world and summoned an army of sand warriors to march alongside their reborn emperor. 
As the sun blazed from the golden disk above him, Azir swore a mighty oath. I will reclaim my lands and take back what once was mine. Well, once again, thank you so much for listening. It was a lot of fun to do this, and there's a lot of tension and some fun things to talk about between what does it mean to pursue vengeance and can do we get so wrapped up in our ends and our own ways of doing things that seeing an act of kindness from someone else gets twisted into something that it wasn't intended to be. A lot of things to reflect on how maybe we're too much like Azir and we get wrapped up in the moment and arrogant and don't care to share or process with other people to let them in on what our plans are. We have to do it all ourselves. Or we like Zareth and Zareth is this character who is so bent on destruction rightfully so right so there's this there's a reality to the slavery piece but what is the best way to bring about that end so yeah great things to think about and all here and as you always are don't forget if you guys have a pair of champions you'd like to hear kind of blended together or uh, just a champion in general you'd like to hear read even a short story we can do little mini series as well if there's like a short story that's not tied to one champion but to a series I'm happy to try and get those worked in. Hit me up at Stories of Runeterra Podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram with Ravenhood. Keep pursuing virtue and trying to be better people. I'll catch you on the flip side.